Welcome to the show, Paul George here, staring at co-host Adam Conk. Adam, how you doing today? Great. It's kind of creepy when you stare at me, but I'm getting used to it. <laughs> no, seriously, do I uh, do I look mean? When when you're not trying to look nice, yeah. Like, okay. In other words, when you're just do I have like an intimidating face? Yeah. Okay. I'll just tell you straight. Yeah, no, I'm asking straight. <laughs> I'm not asking you to hold back. I'm look, and I don't intend it. I think some people think that like <laughs> and I do I have an angry resting face, but I don't mean it. I was born that way. And uh, I don't know. Like like one time someone picked me up from the airport and he could make it, so he sent his wife. His wife had two of their small children in the minivan. They're in their car seats. And so she came to the airport to get me because he was tied up and she was going to bring me to the event. Um, and anyway, so she just pulls up at the curb. I walk out and got my, you know, luggage and I sling the, the sliding door of the van open. And this little kid just looks at me and is like, he's big and just starts bawling, crying like hysterically. How old is this I'm kid? standing like five years old. Oh my God. Uh, so they've seen or, tall people before. So I'm, I'm, you were just that impressive. I'm standing on the curb at this airport. This little family's just staring at me and they're, <laughs> they're crying and I feel horrible. I don't know what to do. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm nice though. <laughs> Once you get to know me, kid. Kids, kids hate me, <laughs> but come to find out adults do too. Oh. They think I have an angry. Well, I think you just ruined... That's what you just said. Here's the thing. You know, it's not angry. I think it's just serious. Okay, I do have an intimidating face for my kids though. Like oh, it's I at bet. the point where all I have to do is look at them. See, I haven't gotten that eye yet. Yeah. I bet it's I bet it's painful. Yeah, like I don't I don't have to a lot of times even say anything. I can just like stare down and like behavior just ceases to exist. Can you do that to me real quick? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That was that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, I know. You do that to your children? I have to. <sighs> it works. It's better than spanking. Yeah, I guess you're right. It really is. It works better. You're spanking their soul with those eyes, though. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Speaking of scary stuff, are you into like scary things at Halloween? No. So they just had this movie come out. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. About this clown. That, yeah. That lives under you know in the gutters and like steals children. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And. It's just weird to me that people go see movies where they know they're going to be scared. Like, yeah. it has to be like an adrenaline rush thing. Because if you were to ask me, you know, do I enjoy No, I don't enjoy scary movies, and I won't pay to go get scared. That's for sure. Life's yeah. scary enough for me. <laughs> Why do I need to go pretend to be scared? No, I've always been the same way. I mean, it's, I understand it, I guess, the thrill of it, the adrenaline of it. But, um, no, it... If I'm gonna go see a movie, it's not gonna be a. Scary now, you know how many people are gonna dress up as clowns for Halloween, and it's just gonna really scare little kids. Yeah, my kids are Darth Vader, a Power Ranger, yeah, a superhero, yeah. that kind of thing. Right. Do you dress up? Are you a dress up person? Absolutely not. Oh, thank you. And the and the reason is, it's not because I'm anti dress up for adults. I'm not. I'm a hundred percent. You're a hundred percent anti. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, why? I, I just think it's silly. I think it's. Um, silly. You, anyway, now, if it was a specific adult Halloween dress up, like an '80s party, and and it was all you would fun, dress, I would love to see. I you would dressed go. Up 80s. I would go to see people dressed up. Okay, if you if that was your task, if that was your job yeah. to dress up 
like 80s. Yeah, just go what in would my you closet. A lot hasn't changed. <laughs> you just do a jeans and a t-shirt? Jeans, t-shirt, <laughs> leather jacket. I don't know what they wear. Uh, 80s. What, tight roll jeans? Not That would be your costume, tight roll jeans? So you wouldn't get like the Michael Jackson glove or... No. Okay. No. I would just dress like I dressed in the 80s. My family does not enjoy this aspect of me, that when they're trying to do something like this, I show up not participating. <laughs> so, like, for example... You seem like you would. You're like the no, fun, you're like I the am fun the, guy. I am the fun guy, but I just don't like costumes. You so. just called yourself fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. You're a fun guy, too. <laughs> anyway, so I got in... I, I have gone to haunted houses before. Yeah. Okay. And I got invited to this haunted house... And I think it was in high school, early college. And this person jumped out, scared me so bad. My reaction, and I didn't mean it, listeners. My reaction was to hit. And I punched this scary monster right in the face. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what yeah. happened? They they like were like, ow. You know, it was really dark. They're like, oh, ow, you know, and like ran back. Oh, my God. Yeah, was I was like, like I'm, not ha- I'm not having this. I just walked out like, this is not fun. I'm not paying to get scared. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. <laughs> I went to a haunted house in high school because I wanted, I mean, I was into girls. Right. So I was like, sure. Yeah. And I, I think for some, um, it's kind of like that. I don't know about you, Paul, but when, when you get the question from from young people in ministry and stuff like, hey, is it okay to flirt? Right. It's kind of like this scary thing for me. It's yeah. like, well, you know, God put emotions within us for a reason, you know, and certain passions for a reason. And so to play with them as if they're a game right. is not good. Yes. And to me, that's that's the scary thing. It's like, look, God put fear in us for a reason. Right. And so to play with it like it's a game is not good. Which, interestingly, interestingly enough, we're going to talk about in our show today. <gasps> yeah. Emotional virtue. Our hey, guest, now. Sarah Swafford. I'm super excited about having her on, but, um, you know, I, I know a lot of times as Christians, people are like for or against Halloween. Yes, it's a dividing line. It's a dividing line. Um, uh, but here's what I would say. I, I'm not going to talk people into being into it or out of it. Like, mm-hmm. that's not... You do you. You do you. That's not my debate. But here's what I would say, is that Halloween does provide a lot of cool opportunities to teach the faith. I will say that. Yeah. Where you talk about All Souls Day, yep. you talk about All Saints Day, uh, you talk about fear, you talk about death, you talk about um, evil, actually, you know, yeah, really evil, all, yeah. all those things around Halloween, I have found as a parent, are all great foundations and teaching tools to talk about. So whether you're for Halloween or against it, for dressing up, against dressing up, that's for you to pray about and decide. But I will tell you, don't pass up the opportunities to actually teach the faith through uh, through the holiday or whatever it's called, Halloween. No, I love that approach. I think teaching is the operative word because if we just set boundaries or set policies within the family or whatever and not teach about it, yep. then, I mean, experience shows, you've seen this a hundred you know, million times, experience shows that if that's how we deal with our teenage children especially, right. then once they go to college and once they get out of our yeah. house, they go nuts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we, we talk about all the issues around Halloween, you know, and, and particularly the fact that our faith is, is so much integrated in All Souls Day and All Saints Day. And who are the saints mm-hmm. and why, are there, why is there All Souls Day and what is evil and does evil exist? Absolutely. And we talk about all these things. So it's, it's cool. So, so whatever line you stand on, <laughs> that's fine. But 
but don't pass up the opportunity to teach your faith. So anyway, we got a great show today, man. I'm excited about our guest. We're going to talk some really cool stuff with Sarah Swafford. We'll be right back. Paul George Show. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George here. Really excited to have my guest on all the way from Atchison, Kansas. Sarah Swafford. Sarah, what are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. Thanks for having me, Paul. Gosh, I love hanging out with you anyway. It's more fun to hang out with you on your show. Well, thank you. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, okay, so the last, well, not the last um, friend, woman friend that I interviewed, but uh, Leah Darrow, when I interviewed her, she had to go sit in her minivan do you have to do the same thing? <laughs> yes. I know. I feel bad. I was like, can you hear me okay? Because I'm definitely <laughs> sitting in my car, in my driveway, um, the quietest place in my life, I think. Uh, I, some people talk about their commute. You know, it's like, I don't have a commute, but my car is kind of my office. Cause sometimes I just sneak out and just get work done in my car. Yeah, it's so, quiet. And the kids, the kids can't bother you in there yeah they're like mom can't they she can't they can't i mean they're like, I'm in the doors, they can see me but they know that i'm like on, they can see me on the phone so it works out they're like oh mom she's busy right now so That's yeah so i'm funny. blessed that for four amazing kids and my oldest is going to be 12 so i i some he's like about to take me he's like three inches from taking me height wise which is just like not okay so you know living the good life, getting passed up by your children and height is going to happen sooner or later, but being short myself is sooner. Absolutely. Well, thanks for taking the time talking to Sarah Swafford. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at Sarah Swafford 18, which she's always good on Twitter or her website, emotionalvirtue.com, which we'll talk about um, this really cool book you have, Sarah called emotional virtue. But um, uh, before the show, we were talking about your husband teaches at Benedictine college uh, where you guys live yeah. in Atchison and, um, you know, super jealous because <laughs> in, in the spring you guys are going on an adventure. We are. I know it's a little bit crazy. They actually have a sister school over in Florence, Italy, and it's their abroad program. And, um, every semester they send a different professor over to teach over there for the students. There's about 50 students that get to go. Um, and they, Benedictine asked the Swaffers if we'd be willing to go over there. So, um, my husband and I, our four kids, we are packing up six bags and taking ourselves over to Florence for three months. So, um, we're really excited about it. I have never, I mean, my kids have never been out of the country and, um, you know, Swaff and I were, I was in college last time I went over, um, to Rome and Italy over that way. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to just pray and take it all in and, um, I keep telling people I am going with four children under the age of 11. So, right. you know, it's it's going to have its moments where it's like, where the heck is the bathroom and what is that to eat? But I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Um, just what a blessed experience to get to be so close to so many of the church's greats, you know, so it's going to be great. That's amazing. Everyone who's listening is jealous 
Uh, <laughs> I know Florence. it sounds really bad. I You're hate a, even saying it. No, it's so good. I'm so excited. You you must just be living a much better life than I am. That's all I could say. <laughs> no. Uh, my co-host Adam says I'm, I have an angry face, so I think I'm punished. God punishes me for having that angry face. <laughs> anyway. No, you have you do not have an angry face. I actually <laughs> was just thinking about you the other day. I was up in South Dakota uh, doing the rally up there. Shout out to all the Northerners out there listening. Yep. And um, I was in line to check my bag, and I discovered that it was the opening day of quail season, of hunting season nice. or something up there. Yeah. And I started thinking about you and any and all my friends who, and Chris Pageant and just all these men in my life that I think would have rather been in South Dakota, not not maybe for a rally, but definitely for opening opening day. Yeah. So yeah. I was thinking about you the other day. Yeah, if you were to ask me, Paul, if you could – you know, pick between going hunting or speaking at the rally, I would say hunting rally, you know, would be the, the order. <laughs> you would want to take everybody at the rally out hunting with you and tell them to be very quiet and help you out. Like yeah. Spot, spot the birds. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's how it works. So. <laughs> totally. Well, you and I have been at I love it. A, a lot of conferences together. You're a wonderful speaker. I'm talking to Sarah Swafford. Um, Atchison, Kansas. You can find her on Twitter at Sarah Swafford18 or emotionalvirtue.com. And one of the coolest things, uh, when your book came out, um, Emotional Virtue, you took the time to write a little note to my oldest daughter, who is a senior in high school, um, and send her the book. And um, actually, I wanted to tell you, because I haven't seen you in a while, her and a bunch of girls are doing a book study right now on your book, Emotional Virtue. Praise God. Isn't that cool to hear? That is so good. Yeah, it's so fun to like actually know the people that are reading it, you know, because yep. I get to meet so many people that, you know, have just told me, hey, like, you know, especially when a group of guys come up to me and they're like, oh, uh, we're doing your book study. It's really awesome. You know, like that just like, it means so much to me and to know that it's helping in any way. Um, that book is really, I'm not a writer. I'm not an author. I'm not, that's not really my gift. And when I started uh, doing ministry at Benedictine years ago. Um, the girls just kept saying, "Like, could you, could you, like, could you, like, write down like an outline of your talk, or could you just, like, you talk too fast, and I never have a pen. Like, could you just write some stuff down?" And um, I remember Jason Everett was just like, "Sarah, you can't be everywhere. Like, you're, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I, I can't be everywhere I want to be, and I can't do one-on-one coffee dates like I would love to, and like I used to be able to do as many as I can, as, as much as I can, and." Um, but now I can't do this as often. And so, um, I really wrote that book as just a letter, you know, if I were going to sit down and talk with you, that's how I wrote it. It's very mm -hmm. easy to read. And I wanted guys to be able to access it because I know it's hard to find time to read, but there's, there's just not a lot out there, I think on, um, how to kind of go about not only the mess of life, but also how do you, it is really hard to make friends. I mean, Father Mike Schmitz and I were on the phone the other day for a couple hours trying to figure out how to. Um, at SOS, the Focus Conference coming up, we were given um, one of the nights we're speaking on authentic friendship. And he's like, I don't know what to say. I was like, I don't either. You know, we just sat on the phone for like an hour and it was like, uh, everybody needs normal, cool friends that strive for holiness and virtue. Go team, go. You know, <laughs> right. um, but what does that really look like? You know, and that, um, that was probably the hardest part of the book was just trying to figure out how to be, not only how to be the person you want to be for other people and in your pursuit. Um, for the true, the good, and the beautiful, and your relationship with Christ. But, like, what does that look like running with other people? And uh, I love Mother Angelica's quote, like, life would be so easy if I didn't have to deal with people. You know, like, that's hilarious, you right. know? So I think that um, 
I'm so glad to hear that the girls are doing the book study because sometimes it's just sitting down and like reading the book, but also sitting down and, and looking across the table at other women or other men or even at a co-ed group and saying, yeah, I really struggle with page, you know, 89, like, hi, that's my life right now. You know, or just being able to look at each other and say, I, this is really hard and, you know, hold me accountable. I'm struggling with this or, you know, being vulnerable with one another. And uh, I always say just blame me because, you know, you can go through the book and say, well, Sarah said it, not me, you know, and, and then that creates this great conversation among friends um, and trusted allies in this battle uh, that is life sometimes. Okay. So I actually want to get into this. Uh, you can find the book emotionalvirtue.com. Uh, it's not just a, a book for, for girls, it's for guys as well. So let's talk about that, Sarah, because it's sort of a, you know, emotional virtue is certainly not, um, let, let, let's get into it. What do you mean by emotional virtue? <laughs> the million dollar question. Yeah, exactly. You ask six hours. Great. Six hours is all it takes for me to explain it. Right. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's good. It's, it's actually kind of, um, when I first started ministry, um, I was actually, I Benedictine under Dr. Ted Shree yep. and, um, and he, he read, well, my senior seminar was actually, um, my theology degree. We had a, everyone has to take the senior seminar and our seminar was on this little book that I think Dr. Shree just really wanted to read. So he's like, let's read it together for seminar. Um, and it was this, I don't know if you've read it, this crazy book called Love and Responsibility yep. by John Paul II. Yep, by I've Carol heard Lisa. of that. And um, have you heard of it? Yeah, yeah, it's actually a gem. It's very hard to read, but it's very, very good. And that book um, became, that seminar that we were in, the conversations that like kind of came from that, uh, became Dr. Shree's book, Men, Women, and the Mystery of Love, which I highly recommend if anybody's out there um, just looking for like another step in relationships. And um, But he kind of would talk about the sentimentality, sensuality. Um, JP2 talks about it a lot. Uh, it's very much like the emotional life, the physical life, the passions, you know, the feelings, all that, all that stuff that's just like really tough. And um, Dr. Shree, we would sometimes call it like emotional chastity. But when I started doing ministry, I started realizing that what would happen is, is I like either I or someone would say like, oh yeah, emotional chastity. But most people, when they think of chastity, they think of abstinence um, because they like, like the, for some reason that just means like chastity equals like, you know what I mean? Abstinence is like, ah, oh, no, no, well, not. So then people were thinking, I was saying like emotional abstinence and it's like, no, 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 right. no, Like emotions and passions are good. Like, um, but it's kind of those things like money or social media or anything else. If you don't harness and train your emotions and passions, like they will control you. Absolutely. So like if you don't have, if you don't have a hold over it, it'll have a hold over you. So when I started doing ministry, I was watching social media hit the scene. Uh, I was watching texting hit the scene, you know, now watching Snapchat on the scene, you know, it's like, wow, how does that really mess with our emotional and, you know, our passions, our emotions? Because a lot of women and men get physical chastity. It's like, okay, physical chastity. Yes. Hi. I'll give you a Jason Ever talk right now. Like I get chastity, right? Right. But like that other side, which I didn't know what else to call it. So I started calling it like, like it's really virtue. Like it really, St. Thomas Aquinas and I have talked about it a million times. It's like, it really is just virtue. Right. But I didn't know what else to call it other than emotional virtue. Cause it's like, I kind of call it like the pregame, you know? So like when you're in the moment and these emotions and passions hit you in the face and you're jealous and you're anxious and you're insecure and you're tempted, you like have all these, you know, have all this going on. You kind of have two choices. One choice is how am I going to act and react to this, a.k.a. virtue? Like, how am I going to, like, react to this, what's happening to me right now? How am I going to play this? And then the other choice you have is kind of what I call emotional virtue, which is, like, how am I preparing my heart and my mind 
how am I forming my heart and my mind? What am I listening to? Who am I listening to? And what am I letting, you know, in before this game all starts, which is taking on, you know, your classroom as you walk, or your hallway or your classroom as you walk through your high school, or, you know, as you go to college and now all of a sudden you're not with the people you went to kindergarten with, you're with, you know, people that are like, you've never met, you know what I mean? And how do you take on even motherhood or fatherhood or vocation stuff? Um, just what are you doing to prepare your heart and mind and emotionally and to like tackle that kind of side of life, you know? Yeah. And I love so, what, so what, a lot of, does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. That's my very, like, no, it's, answer, but it's, I, that's kind of what I can say. Yeah. And I want to drill down a little bit more. You know, it's great. You say on your website it says virtuous striving for human excellence, virtuous forming the habits of knowing and choosing the good virtue harnesses and trains your passions and emotions to work toward the good virtue gives you the freedom to love. So virtue is these positive habits that we have in our lives. And I think oftentimes, you know, someone say, you know, like, well, I am absent or I am chaste, but they might not be emotionally chaste, emotionally right. absent. So a lot of times we work on these habits, but then we have our emotions that are sort of in turmoil inside of us, you know, and, right. you know, and particularly a lot of times with young people, they might cross the line emotionally, but they might not do something physically, right? And it sends mm -hmm. all these mixed messages, and I'm sure you hear it all the time in dating relationships yeah. or, or in yeah, friendship all the time that these emotions cross lines and they send the wrong signals. Right. And, and you know, it gets really messy. Like one of the chapters in the book is called The Cycle of Youth, you know? And a lot of people will, you know, when you see someone, you know, or a relationship that's like physically using each other, it's like easy, it's like easy to call that out. It's like, okay, hi. Like, I see this, this is use, you know? But there's kind of an aspect even of using one in one another emotionally that doesn't get talked about very often, you know? Um, the, you know, those late-night texts where you just, you know, you're really just flirtatious or just need affirmation, you know? Or maybe that, you know, relationship where it's like, I just, I really need this person in my life. Not that I want to date them, but I really have to have all of these kind of emotional security blankets around me at all times so I can feel, um, like... That's one of the things that I keep pounding over in my head is um, the question I get the most from teens, young adults, even people that are, you know, any age is it all goes down to, am I enough and am I going to be truly loved? Like, mm -hmm. am I enough? Do you think I'm enough? Am I enough in my own mind, in my own heart? And then am I ever going to be loved? And I think that truly loved for who I am, not for what I do for people, not for what I look like, not for any other reason. Um, but I think we, I think we turn to each other. We ask that, I think, to each other in friendship. I think we ask that to significant others. And I think we ask that, I mean, Paul, I think it's one of the things that I think all of us struggle with. Sometimes we sit in adoration and we look at God and we're like, am I enough? Like, do you really love me? Like, am I doing everything that I need to be doing for you to love me? Like, you know, we play that game even with God. And I think that's where we really have to take a step back and say, all right, like it, be, it becomes an identity thing. It becomes a confidence thing. It becomes a worth and value thing. And in our society, it's all about keeping up and hustling and, and you know, getting, you know, checking off boxes. And it's just exhausting. And um, Sister Miriam James is one of my, I fangirl all over the place. And she, you know, just she talks a lot about just like abiding, you know, like abiding in the Lord and letting the Lord love you. And, you know, striving for virtue, yes. Like, I want everybody to strive for virtue. You know, I joke, like, you know, the whole thing, like, you do you. It's like, yeah, you do you, not with relativism, but with virtue, right? Like, you do you with virtue, right? 
And, but at the same time, it's like the Lord just wants to love you, like in your mess. And when you can find friends who can love you in your mess, like knowing you're not perfect and knowing that you're not, you know, you're not, it's not this game of like, am I enough? It's this game of like, here I am and I'm striving, but you know, like I, I just, I want to love others and I want to be loved. And that's one of the most complicated things we do as human beings, but that's what life is about. It's just this beautiful striving, like you, you talked about, you know, that freedom to love someone and, um, and that humility that it takes, you know, C.S. Lewis says, you know, humility isn't thinking less about yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. Mm. And that's one of the things that I've been really, you know, looking at, at, you know, in ministry and in my life is just like the social media, you know, Snapchat culture. It's very hard to not, I think for any, anybody at any age, it's very hard to not get wrapped up in, in the self you know, yep. but to be able to turn out and to really look out and say, how do I love the people in my life better? How do I serve God, you know, to the best of my you know, you know, capabilities as I learn who I am and as I grow into who it is that he's calling me to be. And I think um, it's, uh, so beauty there. yeah, so important for, for, you know, you as a woman, me as a man, for, for guys and girls to have friendships of the same sex, like, for me to have guys mm-hmm. in my life who love me for who I am, who call me out into living this this holiness and this virtue, and right. you know, I I don't have to worry about emotional so much like you know emotional boundaries with my guy friends. They could just love me who I am. Where a lot of times with with yeah. maybe a, a woman or a girl, you know, we it, we we're really we should be more protective emotionally. And I think even for married people, we got to have men and women in our life. And, you know, me, men, you, women, to, to just yeah. grow in holiness with. You know, it's one of the points that you make, uh, and I think it's so important because those those friendships, those like-minded friendships help us to grow in holiness. But here, here's the other thing that you mentioned, and I don't want to ask you this. Is, is any of this possible, uh, emotional virtue, <laughs> virtue, uh is any of it possible if we don't find our identity in Christ and who God made us to be? Mm-hmm. Is- mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's what someone said one time, um, like on the back of the book, it says like drama free relationships. Do they even exist? Question mark. Like that's, that was like the, that's one of the things it says on the back of the book. And it's just funny because it's like, you know, when, when I look at my life and when I look at the dark times in my life and when I look at the times where I was really struggling with drama or, um, you know, what is kind of like hard times in my life and whether it was its relationships, whether it was, you know, high school dating or college dating or trying to figure out who I am or even looking at my life, you know, like in my 20s or my 30s, you know, just looking at life. When I see patterns of, of um just sadness or insecurity or anxiety. Um, I really also see it very much in line with where my relationship with Christ was, you know, um, and where I saw my worth and value in his eyes. Because whenever I would, when I would stray away from putting God in my relationship with Jesus first, um, it became, you know, making other men, my idol and my God, it became that rat race of, okay, 
well, if I'm, if my eyes aren't fixed on Christ, they're fixed on either myself or looking out on who can fill me up, Amen. who can like fill these holes in my life and who can fill the void and, and who can affirm me, right? Yes. Who can, who can give me that attention that I need? And I think that when, when I start, finally started slowly looking back towards our Lord, and to be honest, a lot of it was because I had hit that, that hollowness and that emptiness yep. and that bitterness of, of like, this just isn't enough, you know? And I think that's one of the craziest things about life. And I watch, I have such a heart for like the Beebs and Selena and Taylor and like all, I actually have such a heart for celebrities because I think what happens is, is they, they look, they, they finally get everything that they want, the fame, the fortune, the notoriety, the people, you know, everything is right there and there's still emptiness. Yeah. And I think that we've all felt that before. And I think that's just that, Oh shoot. Like, I made it. Like I climbed the ladder. It took so much effort. I gave up so much. I did all these things I'm maybe not even proud of. And now I'm here and it's not what I want. And I think that that's, you know, people ask me, you know, what my favorite thing is about ministry. A lot of times they'll say like, what do you, you know, what do you love about what you do? And it's like, the, the, what I love about what I do is when I look in someone's eyes and they look at me and I see in their eyes, this joy and this peace that the world cannot give and it's like this light bulb above their head went off, and it was like, it's Jesus, isn't it? And I'm like, it's Jesus. Like, yeah. You know, like, you, you just you just saw it. You just felt it. You just got it. And it's like, you know, so much of what we do is massaging their hearts to the Eucharist and massaging people's hearts to adoration and to the confessional to have that conversation with Jesus. And, and you know, so much of what I do is just trying to clear obstacles out of the way, you know, the drama, the, the hollowness, the insecurities, just like trying to take out, you know, like a farmer with, you know, with this huge, like, you know, like sickle, just like, I'm just going nuts. Like, I'm just trying to clear the crap out of the way so that people can see Christ. Because it's hard for me sometimes. I know, Paul, it's hard for you sometimes. Like, you know, the world's loud and all of a sudden you're like questioning your worth yeah. and you're like, what the heck? Go yeah. away, like devil, like shut up, you know, like I don't time for you. I don't believe you, but I, you know, like I gotta, I still pay you lip service, you know, um, in my book, I call it being the boss of your thoughts, you know, like if you can be the boss of your thoughts and you can silence the lies and you can get the devil to like back the heck up, like that's what it's about, yeah. you know, and being able to hear the Lord call you and for you to listen and hear his voice, um, and be able to, to find him in prayer and find him in that quiet space in your life where he can speak truth to your heart. Yeah, you know, so I say good. that to my husband all the time. I'm like, Sloth, speak truth to my heart. Like, this is not true. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm struggling with this. I know it's like, I know that this isn't a thought. Like, you know, this isn't true. And I'm just like, speak truth to my heart. And I tell women that I'm like, go to the women in your life and, and ask them to speak truth to your heart. Go to the men in your life, men, and tell them to speak truth to your heart because yeah. the world is full of so much that just isn't the good, the true, and the beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of good and true and beautiful out there. Like, yeah, let's take that leave the rest you know yeah this is so good sarah um i want to encourage people to go to your website emotionalvirtue.com and they can obviously get the book and then they can read more about it it's so good because sure. you just draw yeah, people into this identity in in christ and god and and if god's enough uh and if he's certainly right. you know when if he's not in your life you probably are you could you know trace the trail of things that you're trying to do to fulfill uh your heart and your mind but uh this is good. So go to emotionalvirtue.com um, or you can visit Sarah on Twitter at Sarah Soft. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Sarah, thanks for taking yeah. the time. I, I, I hope you're, um, you survived uh, being locked in your car this whole time. 
Oh, no, I love it. It's great. It's so good. And we'll have to do part two sometime because emotional virtue is a six hour. It's a six hour answer. No, we so can keep we'll talking about get, it. We'll have to get together and do part two sometime. That would be awesome. Maybe when I'm in Florence and I'm doing nothing, I will. You can call me and we'll we'll set, we'll do we'll a, set up a, a time. Weird, you can... We'll do a weird time zone thing. No. Maybe we can, we can do a, an aversion from from Italy. That would be fun. OK, how about this? Uh, you promise to do another interview an update from Florence, and then we'll talk more about emotional virtue. Does that <laughs> sound good? Too. I love it. That uh, sounds great. And tell your tell your family, all those girls in the book study, tell your family I love them. I'm praying for all of them. Keep up the good work, Paul. I appreciate everything you do. All right, you rock. Have a safe trip. God bless. All right. Bye. Thanks. God bless, Paul. Bye-bye. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Paul George here with Adam Conk. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. You went silent during the interview. I had to. I had to. I had to listen. <laughs> I was Sarah's I had great. my pen and paper. She was talking about, you know, the girls in her ministry wanting to write everything down. Was, emotional virtue. I wrote it down. Do you have emotional virtue in, in the studio, in our interview? I have some and I like others. Yeah, so if people could see, there's sometimes where I'm doing the interview and Adam's like poking me with a pen or putting stickers on Let's me. Let's clarify or, something. Adam's <laughs> poking you back. <laughs> That's true. Okay. That's true. That's true. Anyway, I, I love what she talked about. Just Loved this, it. This idea of, you know, people arriving at this point in their life, they're like, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, our our desperate search Um and uh, and you can be in the worst poverty and get to that moment. You can be the richest person in the world and get to that moment. Yeah. It's it's the common human experience. Whatever your external thing is, we get to that point. Yeah, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with a guy I ran into, hadn't seen in maybe a year or two, and he's super successful. Like when I say successful, like he's got money. Yeah, and and multiple homes all over, and just I mean, he's done really good at what he does. Great. Um, and he literally looked at me, he goes, I'm, I'm going through a tough time. You know, he's in his fifties, maybe. Um, he goes, you know, I've arrived at a point where, uh, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Boom. There it is. It's not what I thought it was going to be. He's ready for Jesus. You know, and it's just interesting. And, mm-hmm. and we all arrive at that point. Um, so interesting, interesting, interesting. which by the way, I, I, uh, I think I could start talking about this now. I got a book coming out in the <gasps> spring. What? And you're gonna be able to pre-order let you loose? it. Pre-order it soon. Wow! You can be able to pre-order it soon, which is cool. Well, I'll, and I'll put it out there. But anyway, Congrats, it, it really great. is about this whole topic that we're talking about of this search and 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 this desire that we have. So it's called rethink happiness. Dare to embrace God and experience true joy. Dang. Yeah. You going for it? Dude. Yeah. Like that is it? Yeah. That is humanity. It is. It is humanity's question. That's what I talk about in the book. Wow. Congrats, man. So, yeah. Anyway. I'll pre-order it. Will you sign it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Backwards. 
I knew it. I knew it. you couldn't just sign it. You'd have to do something. I'll crazy. write it backwards. You remember that whole cons- that that whole thing? Were you alive when there were albums, like records? Oh yeah. Okay, so there was this thing when I was a kid. If you like spun the record backwards, right, it would play like some type of T- terrible, evil message. Yeah, mm-hmm. you remember that? Uh, yeah, you know. I don't know if that really works, but okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's maybe one of those conspiracies. Your book? No. Oh no, the signature. The signature, the record. So I'll write it backwards. To what's your name backwards? My name backwards is Luop. Oh man, uh, Mata. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, on that, how about that, those six-pack questions? Question. Question number one. We began the interview. We did. With Sarah in her second office, her minivan, or I assumed it was... A car. It was something. It's got... Well, she's Some got four vehicle. kids, so she's like in a two-seater car. I feel All really right. bad for her family. <laughs> um, is your truck your second office? Would you call it that? Uh, I probably... Would do you have office items, pins, pins, staplers? No, <laughs> paper. Uh, paper. Do you have? Files? I would say like my my office would go from my car to my office to a coffee shop to my house to my car. Like I would have four offices basically. That's awesome. You're like you got a whole office building in your life. I'm very mobile. That's good. Yeah. Mobile Paul. Mobile Paul. Question number two. So, yeah, we were all kind of drooling as she described her spring in Florence. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. Pretty cool. She's living right. Yeah, she's doing something right. God's rewarding her. Yeah. Question number two. If you could teach anywhere in the world, Mm. what, I mean, where and what would you teach? Where would you go and what would you teach? You could teach anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. For a semester, three months. Where would you go, and what would you teach? Gosh, bro, New Zealand. No kidding. Yeah, because I just, I didn't know that was gonna come out of your mouth. The outdoor, like you know, like it's beautiful. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. Agreed. So New New Zealand or Europe? You know, like yeah. What would you have to offer the New Zealand people? What would you teach them? I would probably teach my book. I do a class on my book. Easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> the human right. question, man. Good, good, good answer. All yeah. right, question number three. How do you respond to someone who's nice enough to bring drama into your life? Someone who's just maybe, you know, for whatever reason, they struggle with emotional virtue and they kind of breed drama. And then they're nice enough to offer you that in your own life. This is the worst question you could ever How ask. How do you respond to that situation? <laughs> Besides avoiding them? Right. Like, well, or how do you, how do you love them well? Well, I, Okay, there's so many, you know, every situation's different. You know, there's so many scenarios around this. But I, I do say this, is that we have the choice to allow drama into our life or not. And I think oftentimes we think we have to allow someone else's drama into our life, when a lot of times we don't. We can set boundaries, um, and we can we not allow their drama to affect us or enter into our life. So... I think a lot of times we just need to set emotional boundaries or even physical boundaries with people and not not accept their drama and be like, look, when you calm down or you don't have drama, like, let's talk if mm. I can help you. And it's okay to do that? Yeah, it's okay to do that. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And like this works? Yes. Wow. Yep. You just said a bunch But if of you want to be man. dramatic and emotional and like all that, like go find other people to do that with. Wow. 
just can't deal with You've it. You've said that to people? <laughs> and, and not so much those words, right. but like, you know, like. But you've set that boundary like, before. Let's get down to the heart of the issue or like not at all. But like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to play this game. And you've done this. Yeah. And you're still alive and happy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm actually more happy. You just set a whole bunch of people free, Paul George. Yeah. And, you know, people might not like you. Yeah. You know, but there's times where you have to set boundaries whether you care about if someone likes you or not. Yeah. So. And it's good for them. Yeah. yeah. All right. I like that. Question number four. Um, so when we talk about like emotional chastity and emotions in general, I think it's a good thing, but we, we tend to kind of separate the sexes, men and women, mm -hmm. right? Because I guess we just have a different emotional life in general. We have the same emotions, mm -hmm. but our experiences are different. So my question for you, number four, what's some emotional chastity that men need in particular? Like get you some of that emotional virtue, men. Man, that's a great question. Um, it, particularly with men. Yeah. Like, if you're looking at a, a, a sea of 100 guys mm -hmm. that are not, like, they need them some emotional virtue, what does that need look like? You know, a lot of times, I think when men get together, uh, and if it's not um, a pursuit to grow in holiness or in virtue, when men get together, they revert back to acting like kids mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And maybe not in a good way. And maybe not in a good way. They get together and and all of a sudden they revert back to like their high school days and and it and it's really foolishness honestly, I, I've been there in my life and mm -hmm. as I've tried to grow in virtue and in emotional virtue, being able to recognize when I have a tendency to just act like a fool and just say that that's not the way I'm called to act you know, um, and I need to turn that off, and I would say like the more we pursue God and the more our identity, because oftentimes men act that way because they're insecure. And I'll just call it out. Men do not like to talk about being insecure. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the main emotions that men, men actually do struggle with and feel is insecurity. So their insecurity is sort of trumped by, well, I'm just going to act a fool. I'm going to be funny. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do these, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it just, it hides their insecurity. Wow. I like that. All right. Question number five. So there are a whole lot of opinions out there about emotional health from inside the church, outside the church, just all over, like what a healthy human being looks mm -hmm. like emotionally. So who do we need in our life to promote emotional health in our life? Like who are the types of people, the support system we need in our life to be emotionally healthy? Well, I, I think we need um, other healthy people, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and I do want to say this. A lot of times you know, people think emotions bad, but we're body, soul, will, and emotion. Like our emotions are, are good, we, but we have to, we have to know how to use them. Like our emotions can allow us to smell the senses in church and to sing and to, to see God in nature and to be moved. Like if we just simply turn off our emotion, we'd be robots, but it's learning how to have boundaries and emotional virtue and not to completely if we relied simply on our emotion we would do stupid things all the time because we're just simply reacting to everything now i think we need other virtuous people in our lives we walk together learning how to grow in holiness so uh we can't go at this alone i learn from you you learn from me we grow together i want to surround myself with people who are going to help me be better nice all right question number six yep your top do and don't 
emotional virtue. Let's say I'm a wreck. I'm just a basket case. This is hypothetical, and it's also also true. I'm just I'm emotionally a wreck. Your top do and don't for me to grow an emotional virtue. Like like if you were talking to me yep. about being a wreck. No, I, let's let's just say I am. You're just and a I'm wreck. coming to you and You're I'm like Paul. I want to be healthy. I want right. to be virtuous emotionally. Right. What's your top do for me and your top don't? Uh, the top do would be to um, calm down your emotions and get to the root of the issue. Mm. So I think a lot of times being overly emotional keeps us on the surface. Well, I'm really angry because people are, you know, hate me. Um, I'm really, you know, this because the traffic was bad. And, and you're always like that. You're just constant. Like, no, get rid of all the and get to the, the issue. What's the root issue that's causing you to be emotionally disturbed or out of whack? So the, hmm. that would be the top do, okay? The top don't would be don't, when you're over-emotional, don't make decisions and don't react out of that emotion. Because when we're emotional, we that's usually the tendency where we make a really bad choice. So if I'm angry driving and I just act in emotion, then I might bump someone or you know do something, road rage, you, you see, whatever, or say something to my spouse that I regret. So when we get overly emotional or angry, we should just not make a decision in that moment. That's the top do or don't. Good stuff, man. So anyway, Adam, awesome. Great I, being I with you. I feel like this was a great show. I feel logically <laughs> like it was amazing. So enjoy your uh, you know, Halloween. Don't get spooked. Don't get scared. Well, neither one of us are dressing up, so. That's right. You don't really need to. You're a clown. Oh, and you're a scary man already. I <laughs> know, <laughs> exactly. So anyway, you can find the show, paulgeorge.la, on Twitter, at paulgeorgeii. Adam, thanks so much. Great show. We'll be back next week. God bless. Bye.